Solidarité de Pero, a gente sai. Ou que fia pouco. Aí falou um pouquinho. Conspiracy theory, now say this is dead right, nor am I regurgitating shit from a website. My uncle's favorite saying was, The potential of the power of the people can never be equal. They wish information never was legal. Rosebiz, 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 bitches. What's up? What's up? Welcome back to Bros Biz, uh, the place where three long-term bros talk about shit that's important to us. Um, just a bit of a heads up. We do talk about uh, some touchy content sometimes, and we certainly use some colourful language, so parental discretion is advised. I uh, would like to say that we do share our own views, and we're not in any way trying to speak on behalf of other groups. Um, today, Kent is here, myself, with uh, with Nick, as usual, and uh, Ray is still on holiday in the Netherlands, um, and while he is away, we've decided to screen for some better talent because that prick's holding us back. Uh, and so today, we've been lucky enough to be joined by uh, New Zealand hip hop pioneer and hey, legend, hey, hey, hey. Mark Sangapolotelli, or as you may know him, Mareko. Welcome, hey. bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad to be here on the the Bros Biz podcast. First of all, I don't know why you 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 got to apologise for. What you guys say in, in the intro? Have you uh, not heard, have you not listened to a podcast? Before, I have. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but isn't it like an open forum where you just freely talk and that is right, bro. And 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 and, and um, if most people took it that way, we wouldn't actually have to apologise. But we get the odd comment. We get the odd uh, private email or Facebook uh, sneak and that uh, keyboard warrior that would uh, that would yeah, tell yeah, us yeah. that. I, it's, I think what it is is that um, podcast is, is a pretty new medium for our. Demographic, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so yeah. Um, the, you know, a lot of people when we sort of point them towards it, they think it's going to be like a radio show, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when the this ball all starts going fuck this and fuck that, <laughs> but uh, that should be the beauty of it. You should be like <laughs> balls to the wall, fuck you. <laughs> what? In your case, balls to the chin. Is that, is that what <laughs> oh, Kenty, it's going to be a long podcast. <laughs> so, um, so look, can we start by going back to the beginning? So, who is who is Marek or who's Mark Sagampolatelli? Ah, uh, yeah. So, Mark Sangapotele, uh, Samoan MC out of New Zealand, part of the Horseman family, uh, Decepticons crew with myself, Alfrisk, Devolo, and Savage out of Manurua, South Auckland. Yeah, been doing it for 10 years, 10 albums, million units sold. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, while we're lying then, can you talk about... No, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. Um, so, but what about even back further than that? So, where, 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 uh, where, yeah. are, you, where are you born? I was born in Odohu, Middlemore, South Auckland, uh, of Samoan descent. My mum's from Safungi, Svai'i, and my dad's from Salu Fata. They came to New Zealand in the 60s, 70s. Uh, they first landed in Invercargill, uh, worked their way up the country, stayed in uh, Hamilton for a bit, then bought a house in Manurewa. So they travelled the right way. So they, 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 they started down in, in the deep south. And and then they, well, they yeah they they came well, to the they promised to land from their mistakes and uh, right. they come to the promised land the North Island. <laughs> well, look, I, well done. If if Invercargill was your first port of call, you're in some fucking trouble anyway. <laughs> but yeah, they only had to go 90 minutes north to the greatest place in New Zealand. Okay. Where's that, Kent? But but <laughs> well, look, let's 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 skip over how great Dunedin is because this is about you, Rex. Uh, how many siblings do you have? Bro? Uh, I got three older brothers, one younger sister. 
they're all in New Zealand. Well, how many kids you got? Uh, I have four kids uh, under my supervision. So uh, let's talk about your career a little bit mm-hmm. up front because that's why people are going to listen to us. Even though my, myself and Nick do believe our greatness is why people tune in. That, hey. might, that might not be the case. Um, how did you get into, uh, into, into music? So I'm the youngest of uh, three brothers and um, music was always being played in the household. Uh, my older brother was, uh, he was pretty eclectic and he used to listen to all types of random stuff. He'd be listening to like student radio, which would play, you know, random underground hip hop and heavy metal and hearing Run DMC, hearing the Fat Boys. Yeah, that sort of piqued my, my interest in, in hip hop. And when I went to high school, Papakura High School was where I met Devolo and Alfrisk. Uh, we used to have like MC battles where we would write our own rhymes and battle each other at lunchtime. So that was sort of my first uh, outlet of actually writing my own rhymes. Who would was, win? Uh, four-time battle champ, mate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> MC my record, four-time battle champ. But uh, nah, nah, nah. Uh, we would all we'd always have like uh, have winning days and whatnot. But um, it was all good in, in, in uh, developing our styles. And uh, so that's pretty much how I, how I started rhyming. And then um, Savage, uh, I, I knew him because before I went to Papakura High School, I got asked to leave uh, my previous high school, James Cook High School. Expelled and, is the uh, term, bro. Well, I got, I, got, I got politely asked to leave by, uh, by the blue leaving form that they handed out. <laughs> and uh, me and Sav would always, you know, muck around with the f- drunken freestyles at parties and that. So when I hooked up with uh, Alfred and Devolo, I was like, hey, man, my, I'm rhyming with this other dude too. And they were like, yeah, yeah, sweet. So uh, then we all started clicking in the weekends, writing rhymes and getting drunk, freestyling. That's how decons were pretty much born. So, so how did that lead to a to to being signed or or just, ah. whether it's being signed or, or how did that how did you start to get music out there rather than just freestyling? So <laughs> when I got politely asked to leave uh, Papakura, I went to uh, Tangaro College in Otara, right? So this was sort of like my senior year, I was sixth form, seventh form. First or second year, seventh form? Uh, come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> keep going, keep going, bro. There was a, a gridiron team called the Manukau City Islanders that would play at a Tangaro College and I ended up playing for the Islanders and uh, not knowing that the president of the Islanders was Brother D. And, and this is when Dawn Ray pretty much started up and they were looking for talent. And I told my coach, I was like, fuck, man, you know me and my boys rap? And I gave them a cassette tape of our demos. And, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll pass that on to D. So D heard it. He liked it. And he was like, hey, fuck. Yeah, sweet. Come in uh, and uh, just, you know, hang around. Not actually yeah. get signed, but you want to hang around and just observe and see what's happening. We were like, yeah, So you became Dawn Raid Prospects at that point? We were making the coffees up at, uh, <laughs> up at Dawn Raid. But um, one of the first groups that was signed to Dawn Raid was a group called Chaos which is actually Savage's first cousins, DJ Blaze, Ray's. So we pretty much had that little entrance into Dawn Raid as well. So there was a time when uh, they had uh, uh, their first very release, Southside Story 1, uh, in Hamilton. And um, one of the other groups that was signed was Ill Semantics, who are legends in the New Zealand hip-hop game as well. They couldn't make the, uh, the opening event. So we got the call-up and Brother D was like, hey, fuck, you guys want to jump on this uh, this little bill we're doing. Uh, it might be yeah. be a good look for you. So we were like, hell yeah. How much notice did you get for that? It was the night before. Wow. So we were all drinking in Devolo's kitchen, just talking shit, rapping. 
And uh, DJ Blaze comes in and is like, hey, man, we got this gig. Uh, it was semantics pulled out. If you guys want to jump in, that's us. And that was sort of our... So, oh, stop that, drinking, boom. Oh, we didn't stop drinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we drank harder after that. We were so, like, yeah, we made it. It was, it was funny, though, because when we performed, we looked like the most... You could tell we were green. We were so green. The mics were still in the mic stands. We looked like the damn Backstreet Boys. We looked like New Edition. Were you doing uh, we the two-step? Were you doing the two-step to the... Oh, we looked like damn a Motown band. We were <laughs> rapping with the mics in the mic stands. It was, it was hilarious, but uh, we did enough to impress Brother D and YDNA, and that got us signed. So did you first release music under the Decons as a, as a group, or was your solo No, nah, we first... first so our first stint was we were on Southside Story 2. So Dawn Radio had already put out Southside Story 1 in 99. And I think Southside Story 2 was 2000. Uh, I think it was 2000, 2001. And we got on that. We had two songs, which was Elimination and Beware. Right. And then you had your own album. So then I was making a name for myself. I was doing the, the MC battles at the same time. So that sort of enforced our name even more to uh, Dawn Ray, but not only Dawn Ray, to the New Zealand or to the Auckland hip-hop community that uh, I was taking out all these battles and this was when it was in its infancy. But it had all the big names like um, like Dan Native, Tyna, El Semantics. Like I was taking these these battles out. I think I won three, three or four. And uh, so going on the strength of me taking out those battles, YDNA and, and, and Danny were like, hey, Man, you want to do a solo? I was like, hell yeah. And did that come out before Decepticons album? So uh, the Decons came out before the White Sunday album. Like, so uh, Can you take us back to your, your battle uh, rap days? And, um, yeah. Because that's always seemed like a real uh, difficult art form. Mm. What's your approach to it? How, do you then, how much like, preparation is involved in that it was kind of all, stuff? All we do was like freestyle. That's yeah. all we do. Like, it was like training. Every time we'd meet up and drink, it was like we're in a dojo. It was no different from a, from Joseph Parker training in the gym. It all became muscle memory to the point where yeah. if you you say a word, you'll have like a hundred words that'll that'll rhyme with that word. Yeah. So it all became muscle memory. So, so when you go into that though, how much of it is stuff that you would have thought up before you got there, as opposed uh, well, to uh, how much is like for that particular person specifically in front of you. Like if I, if I get a, a, a rapper that I'm going up against, I'll definitely be thinking of lines as fast as I can. Uh, just basic lines. Like if you got red shoes, I'll say, oh, fuck, you look like, uh, I don't know, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. All these thoughts like rotating in my head. Yeah. I'm trying to think of ways to access that thought. It's funny, man. It's like, um, it's like Tetris. You know how you drop bars and you're trying to connect it to make the perfect line? Yeah. That's what freestyle is like. You're trying to just connect everything till you get to that point. A, a lot of it is like spontaneous freestyling and you're like, and when something hot hits, you're like, oh shit, that was dope in your head. Yeah. But, a, but a lot of it too is like you're thinking of ammunition against this guy. And, uh, and like just, you say, you've got, you've, the, there's memory as a part of it too because there's yeah. probably snippets of sentences or phrases that, that you... You've got to rhyme with a yeah. with a particular word that you ah, that use, and all these sort of things that create these neural pathways. That was the whole thing back then. It was like, hold is on. this guy really hold on neural pathways? It'll look. Mark understood. Hey, okay. I've, see, I've seen the Matrix. Exactly. Yeah. All right, I've seen about. the Matrix. Continue. Continue. Would you, would you like a definition? Ah, <laughs> oh, I'd just like you to speak English, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's 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 all it is. And a, a lot of the guys back then, it was like, is this guy really freestyling, or was he, or was he coming up with riddance? Yeah. But to tell you the truth, it was freestyle and it was written. Well, not written, but, but it's pre not, preconceived. It's preconceived. Yeah. It's not at hundred percent spontaneous. Yeah. So I'd heard an interview with um with Eminem about battling, and he would say essentially the same thing that he had. Oh, yeah. He had a set of punchlines that would work generically. Yeah, yeah. And then he would mix that in with something specific about the person in front of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, and, and that was what, in his view, the art was. It was around. Having you know, being able to mix them so that together, so, yeah, together, so it comes out as a as a yeah. as, as an attack for That's want it. of a better term. That sounds like your communication style, <laughs> except without the funny bits <laughs> <laughs> and and the, and the winning and, uh, points. Anyway, so moving from that then into actually recording music, right? Mm. Um, so obviously you've had for, for 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 most people who are listening probably understand. Understand this from a from a Kiwi point of view, but you you know you've had some commercial hits in New Zealand, yeah, both uh, from a D, from a group point of view and and, and from a single a solo point of view. Mm. Um, what 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 was your experience around you know moving from that battle rap style into this um, you know, selling ha- albums, and, selling albums, yeah, and having to write touring. things that people want to that mainstream want to hear for want of a better term. Um. Well, it was funny because, uh, yeah, back then the, the scene was so hard on being real hip-hop and four elements and we came out with a song called Stop, Drop and Roll, which was like, what the hell, these guys are... F-. But we weren't just raised on KRS-One and Rakim, we were raised on, out south, being from South Auckland, we were yeah. raised on reggae, we were raised on gangster rap, Tupac, yeah. we were raised on uh, Lucky Dubay, Samoan songs, Michael Jackson... And you even hear it in uh, Stop, Drop, and Roll, the bridge, the Decepticons, we don't mind if you stop. That's from, um, what's that? Uh, Shakadimus and Pliers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we were just trying to intertwine everything that we knew, but at the same time, we would still be rapping our normal styles. The the beat might be different, the feel might be different, but we'd, we'd still be ourselves. We would still be spitting raps, spitting punchlines, and uh, spitting bars. Was the music industry everything you thought it would be? Like, what was your perception of it when you were sort of, you know, back at college and, uh, you know, until you were in there recording? Uh, yeah, it was it was funny uh, because Dawn Raid was, they were still learning too. Yeah. Like, they, they were learning the music biz while we were learning, we were all learning together. First of all, the music biz... Like you realize quickly that it is a business, eighty mm. percent business, twenty percent music. But uh, we we learned pretty quick. Like we we had to lawyer up and get our accountants together and that and and try and play the game as best as we could. I think um so probably just to give it a little bit of context. So I've I've known you for a few years now. So few years, few years, week or two. But but um so you know I. Uh, I took you under my wing and I taught you how to play poker. And, that's uh, <laughs> why I'm a losing player. <laughs> no, but but so so look, we've I've, I've probably known you for six or seven years, and we've had a few few nights uh, uh, on the cup of teas, yeah, and and, and and had a few discussions. And, and so one of the things that sort of sat in my head from a discussion that we'd had before was really around um, a discussion around what the what the and it was probably a lot rawer than I'm about to say it. <laughs> but around that, you sort of touched on it before, which is around the business side of it and the types of content 
or um, projects that you put out there because it's good for business yeah. as opposed to, as an MC, the type of content that you want to talk about and that you want to, that you want to mm. put out there as your body of work. How, how, how have you um, wrestled with that, I guess, over Because you've had some commercial hits in New Zealand, yeah. you know, not just stop, drop and roll, you know, you've had um, uh, Gotta Go, you know, which yeah, yeah, got yeah. on to, uh, that was the Sione Weddings 2 theme song in the end, was it? The yeah, intro yeah. song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Demise? Demise of Jay Williams. Um, was, uh, 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 Here to Stay off the... Yeah, Here to Stay, yeah. So, so I mean, you've, you've had some commercial hits. Um, from your point of view, are they your favourite songs or are they? Uh, do you feel you've done them for a... For other reasons, I definitely did them for the label. Yeah, <laughs> but I did it the best I could. Yeah, 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 like it wasn't me just going, "Hey, here's a yeah half-assed." Nah, nah, yeah, nah, no, 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 no. I did that. it. All that stuff got to go. Uh, here to stay, maybe not here to stay, but got to go. Them eyes. That was definitely to keep the label happy. Yeah, but at the same time, if you if you actually listen to the rhymes, that's I'm still spitting. And and so. Has that influenced your decision around how and when and why you put music out now? Well, now is, I'm not signed to any label. I'm no longer signed to Dawn Raid. Um, Dawn Raid, I don't even think they're trading anymore. But um, right now, the, the beauty of the internet is I can do whatever I want. And the music I'm putting out now is just me, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, so so things have changed, you know. Look, the world's moved on to fifteen in the last fifteen years. Technology's yeah, changed. The internet's come on board. Mm. Um, the way that new artists promote themselves and get recognised is different. So, what do you see as the 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 pros and cons of those changes for for well, artists? The pros is is definitely uh, making music accessible to everyone. Yeah. Um, you can make a whole album with just the laptop and the internet. Hey, you wanna you wanna make your own beats? Okay, download a cracked version of Fruity Loops for free. Yeah. You wanna you wanna make your own beats? Uh, go to Soulseek, download old songs, sample it. You wanna record? Okay, download a cracked version of Garage or or Cubase, all for free. Uh, you wanna uh, you wanna do your own artwork? <laughs> download uh, Photoshop. Yeah, it's totally accessible. You want to learn how to do it? Hey, go on YouTube. Go to YouTube University. Become a graduate. <laughs> Get an MBA from Next, YouTube. That's YouTube. Yeah. Be clear, not the other sites you so go to. I just want to disclaim Not Bluetooth? Like, bro, bro, <laughs> bro's business not support uh, pirated. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, that's, sorry, that's right. That's but that's how it. easy it is. That's like, it's uh, so accessible. And the pros of that is there's a lot of good quality MCs, music coming out of New Zealand. You've got the Swidded guys that... That, um, yeah, that so just I, I hadn't heard of them until um, Aradna talked about them on the yeah. on the awards show. So I looked them up and watched some of their stuff. They're, they're awesome. Yeah, well, they're the new guys coming out. Yeah. And, uh, but at the same time, it's a double-edged sword. That could be a bad thing too because there's a whole lot of shit coming out too. Yeah. But you just got to search through the shit to find the good stuff. That's right. Look, we touched on this before um, when I said, you know, when I started talking about my favourite MCs, who's in my record's top five? Oh man If you go top five MCs uh, uh, Dead or Alive Definitely uh, Tupac uh, Jay-Z Eminem um, Daz Yeah Daz yeah, from Dolphin From, from Dolphin Yep uh, Fuck um, It's tough eh? So how about you name your top five And then we'll give you some honourable mentions as well then Yeah oh well 
For me, probably uh, the most, the guy that I had most enjoyment listening to growing up would probably be a rapper called uh, Thurston Howell the Third. He's like a, a super duper underground name. So I'm showing my okay. my snobbiness right there. Fair by, enough. No, by, no, 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 no. Him, but but like I, like you said, you know, it's all about moments, experiences, right. and memories. And for, sure. for me, uh, I sort of tailored my whole style around that guy, Thurston Howell the Third. So so not that anybody cares, but Ken's top five. <laughs> would have been well, Kenny uh, Rogers no, no no a lot of them would have so I'll go Eminem Jay-Z I'm going to say Ice Cube for me oh, pff, definitely. You, know, you know so I've got Cube um, number four I'm going to say it's a tough I'm going to say Tretch from Naughty by Nature oh nice nice um, and number five is one that's not underground but not a lot of people will know him uh, I'm going to say uh, Joel Ortiz is, is my number five uh, you know you know Joel Ortiz has uh, sung the hook on I Here Stay? Yeah, I do. Hey, just a fun fact out there. For, for those that don't <laughs> know, he's, he's actually in a group Slaughterhouse, signed to, to, to Shady. I've got some honourable mentions too. I like Scarface. I really like Redman. Oh. Redman. Yes. I like um, Andre 3000. Wow. Um, I, I do put Nas as an honourable mention. Yep. But even some guys that might be perceived as a bit too mainstream, but I still really like both of them as Buster Rhymes and Ludacris. So now I'm going to put some pressure on you, bro. So who is Marekko's top five New Zealand MCs? Oh, man. We, we have so many quality MCs in, in, in NZ. Well, I'll, I'll name uh, definitely King Karpisi, just strictly for his longevity and his hustle. He's still hustling to this day. Uh, and I, I respect him because he's been living off rapping for, what, 20, 20 years? 20 plus years. Yeah. Uh, I used to watch that guy on TV when he was in uh, Gifted and Brown, when he was MC Brand Muffin on uh, Yahoo TV show on Channel 3. Uh, Scribe, uh, as an MC, you can spit. He's always in the cypher. And uh, he made Crusader, so enough said. Uh, Tom Scott from a group called Homebrew. Yeah. MC-wise, when I hear his shit, I'm like, I get mad. I'm like, what, what the fuck? Why didn't I come up with that shit? But the way that he can uh, tell a story and, and, and be so complex with his writing style, like he's heavy on the, the multi-syllable type rhymes. Like he'll make four, the last four syllables of every line rhyme, but he can do it to the point where it sounds like he's not forcing it, yep. where it just sounds so fluent. So definitely Tom Scott. Uh, the RES crew, J1 and Tex Swift, those guys are... Uh, Top quality dudes, they got a perfect combination of sweet street and intellect. Like they can spit like a motherfucker and they street like a motherfucker. <laughs> so that's four? Uh, then I gotta save my own crew, decons. We can lump them all in, right? You can, you can, you can. It's your top five, bro. Nah, definitely. Like um, I absolutely love these guys' styles for different reasons. Alfrisk is like the ghost face. He's just got so, so much emotion and, and honesty in his reps, and Volo is like. The, the wittiest motherfucker out. Like, his rhymes are so witty. And um, and Sav, well, what more do I have to say about Savage? He's he's one of the kings on the chessboard. So I'm going to give Kent's top five again because I know everyone wants to hear that shit. <laughs> so I'm actually going five as, uh, as, as Scribe. Yeah. And that's because... The ma- disrespect. No, well, well, it's not disrespect because... I, so, so I think I'm saying he's a great MC. So I go based on... My view is more on especially at my age now because I'm an old cunt, that it's more around lyrical content and being able to tell a story 
I and, think he's and, the best and, and, at telling and, a story. And, and, and then. So just let me finish my. This is my okay. five, motherfucker. All right, all right. You had your five. Okay. You had yeah. your five. But I'm going to say so he could tell a story, but he could do it in a commercial way. So he, the Crusader is the best selling. Yeah. And he's got to be given credit for that because I actually had number five split between him and Young Sid. To be honest, and right? Sid, that, right? he would but, be the sixth uh, man. Uh, uh, hold on, you had your five, yeah, motherfucker. Okay, okay, but, but so Sid misses out on my top five only because of the only because of the success of the Crusader. I think they're both amazing MCs. He's my sixth man. As yep. well. Yeah. Number four for me is uh, PNC. Right. Yeah. Uh, number three for me is the is it Tom Scott, the Parangi guy yeah, from yeah, yeah. from Homebrew. Number two for me is David Dallas. Fuck D dot. Right. So, uh, you know, and yep. so I think David Dell, I think he's amazing lyrically. I, th- yep. I think, you know, uh, and number one, and I'm not blowing smoke up, up your ass right now is the guy hey. sitting at the table here. <laughs> so Rex, uh, we've had this discussion before. So, I'm, yep. you know, I'm, I'm being honest. I think lyrically uh, you, so not, I'll be honest, not the stuff that we talked about before, the commercial stuff. I don't, mm. I'm going to set that aside from your body of work. Yeah. But the stuff that I There's listen to. There's asterisks by that stuff, right? <laughs> There's asterisks yeah, by I, that I stuff. I understand that. But the stuff that I listen to, I think yep. is the most... Uh, lyrically insane stuff that comes out of NZ. Thank you, sir. And so I'm hoping you're about to prove me right now because we're going to put you on the spot. Wow. So we've got a we've, we've, we've got a beat, and we understand you're going to spit us some uh, some Bros Biz exclusive. Hey, shit, exclusive, exclusive. Shout out DJ Clue. So uh, so we're going to get this going. Uh, first of all, uh, Big Rex, Bros Biz, yes, ah. Uh. Yeah, yo, it's the return. Rex, punchlines and big words. Politicking with patch members and big nerds. Trying to spread the word like reverb. I swear its impact don't make a whole like three thirds. It's a fraction, too much friction. My man Alfred got back into religion and said, Rex, you don't have to be a super Christian. Just live your life right. I said, that shit's harder than Medusa's vision. Cause these snakes are out here working overtime moves. They don't play around here. They stepping up like they were down. Stairs, huh? Then I thought about it. Never live your life for others. The least important people be the ones that try to judge us. They be the same people that try and budge us. But on game day, they never showing up like private numbers. Life is a test, we comply some flying colors. Huh. Yes, yo, Rexy on that antisocial. On that, tell your whole crew to follow my lead like the backing vocals. The L mannered, iron fisted bitch rappers blowing up off a viral gimmick. You Facebook famous. So shameless, you should hold it down Respect beef, I'm like holy cow Warlord, call me Colin Powell My dad said always hold your ground So we're all in when we're rolling out No, you fooled the average listener Yeah, you wore camera filter You probably in the booth wearing Mac concealer Silverback gorilla Trying to get you out your seat like Cousin Harold's killers Look, this is red suits and cigar smoke Play the back, pulling strings like guitar strokes Nah, bros, fuck your shit, man, we had enough Come to your turf with the team and start acting up. What? Woo! I risk my case, Your Honor. <laughs> I risk my case. Yes, sir. I'm sure we'll get back to some hip hop stuff, right? But we're probably gonna have a bit of a bit of a bit of a corridor about uh, about life in general, mate. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so from from Auckland to Brisbane. When did you when did you move over to Oz, and how long? Uh, have I moved. Been here? I've been here for what? I moved here. Oh, might be six years now. Two thousand ten. I moved over. 
February. Is that is that six years or seven years if I moved over Feb 2010? Coming up seven now. It'll be seven. So it'll be seven years. It'll be seven in Feb. Wow. Seven years. You get homesick? What do, what do you miss uh, about home? Sometimes I get real, like, I, I really miss, like, just the lifestyle, just waking up and feeling that cold breeze, that cold chill in the morning. Sometimes I really miss that. Like when I'm at work, I'm like, man, fuck this place. <laughs> man, I want to see some super green grass. <laughs> but um, yeah, just that's pretty much it. Just family, food, lifestyle. Yeah, probably the only thing keeping me here is the money. So really? Like, like, so do you think when you retire, you'll end up back in NZ? Definitely. Yeah. If I have, if I have a chance to retire, I will definitely retire in New Zealand. I'll... What about the music? Um, game the the business and the people that you uh, I will, I've been flying back and forth doing music like since I've been here yeah. so I did my uh, we, we did the Evolution album after I moved here so I, they'd fly me back and forth doing the recording shooting the videos the release parties so music is uh, isn't a barrier for me like especially with uh, the internet now I can be in uh, Expakistan and still record music <laughs> with the boys what about um? So we we, we asked uh, Adam Blair this the other week, uh, and I don't know if we did talk to Mark Hunt about this, but what what about cultural connection? So being obviously Australia is is a different society than than, than New Zealand. Um, yeah. How do you do you miss the connection with, or do you think that that, that there's enough connection here with your with your culture? Uh, well, 2017. There's more than enough culture here for New Zealand, Samoa. Yeah. And here in Brisbane, uh, definitely. Uh, plus, with the accessibility of the internet, it's connection isn't isn't really a thing. The only thing is uh, first-hand experience for my kids. Yeah. But they're surrounded by so much New Zealand Samoa culture at yep. home that it really isn't a thing. If they go back to New Zealand, it shouldn't be a problem with them slotting right in. You know what I mean? Okay. Oh, I, I, I kind of know what you mean. I think my so. Much like you, I'm in a mixed relationship. So I'm Barangi and my wife is of Samoan descent. You're Samoan, your wife's of Māori yep. descent. So um, I think that, that my wife probably feels that a lot, of, a lot more effort has to be put in here so uh, to install, instill the, the Samoan yep. culture for, from her point of view. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably making some assumptions here, but these are based on some conversations that we've had. I don't... I don't feel that I need to talk to them or instill a lot of Kiwi, general Kiwi, um, cultural information or or, like. or, 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 or or interaction. Hold on, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that in a minute because I know you're laughing. But <laughs> but my wife, so my wife's really, it's really important to my wife that we speak Samoan to the kids. It's really important to my wife that my kids go to church or understand. Like, do, you know, like, do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Do you feel that same way? Like at home, would you... Would you put those same? I'm not going to say pressures, but would you? Do you feel yeah. that, that that's as important to you? I mean, I wouldn't act on it as as strongly as she does, yeah. but it's definitely important to me. Like sometimes uh, when we watch a, a, a Bledisloe match or something, or we watch an Anzac match, and <laughs> they sing the Australian anthem and they don't sing the <laughs> your heart TV. sinks a little I'm bit. Like, Fuck, Ari, grab the belt. We're gonna <laughs> turn the TV off. Turn the TV <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Are you happy for us to throw a few topics at you and for you to? Uh, to, to, sh- to drop your knowledge, uh, both IQ points on it. <laughs> yeah. So the first one uh, that I'd like to touch on is uh, one that all of us around the table can uh, relate to, and that's mixed relationships. 
So we're all in Shit. mixed relationships. This is some fucking 60 minutes Neil Waka shit <laughs> right now. I came here to talk about my career and spit a few bars. Now, well, that's all done, mate. That's all done now. Now, now, now people want to know if you actually have a have an opinion on 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 uh, on deep shit to a mixed relationship. Does does so, that fall under the interracial category? Yeah, 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 and, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that, is that post, postman Pat with so, this black and white cat? So, so you might be you might be in your in your search engine be typing interracial. It'll be interracial. Yeah, is that yeah, sort yeah. Of this? okay? But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a little bit of experience there. So, so. Talk about your experience. So not, not on uh, Pornhub. We're talking about in your real life. <laughs> you, uh, you, you know, yeah. you and you. So, so we touched on it before. You're of, of Samoan descent. Yeah. Your wife is of Maori descent, yeah. and both obviously born in New Zealand. Different parts of New Zealand as well. What, what are the, some of the, the pros and cons, or the challenges that you that, that, that mixed relationships are faced with? Uh, well, definitely trying to keep one culture alive in the family. You speak, you and Rosie speak to your kids in Samoan, and definitely if you want to keep a, a, a language alive in the household, it's uh, the best way to do it is speak it at home, and that's all you speak. Whereas if you have different cultures in the house, it's definitely hard to maintain one culture. So uh, I think that's one of the the obstacles for having a mixed relationship. But um, so do you feel that that and and I'd really like to hear Nick's thought on this too because um. We've talked about about this with with your boys in particular. Um, do do you think that that actually results in both cultures not being eroded, but 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 losing out when you when so you're, like you're saying if if in your house, for instance, it's Samoan and Maori, but you're speaking neither of those languages at home, mm. then what's the result of that? The result is my kids singing the Australian national <laughs> anthem during the insect test, really, and not and not knowing. So can the, they sing? Can they sing the New Zealand anthem? They can't. Can they sing the Samoan anthem? They can if they can't sing the. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's no? no way they're knowing the Samoan anthem. Uh, uh, but um, we just look at it like we're embracing where we're where we're at at the moment at, our, at this stage in our life. So Nick went to a, a, a boarding school in New Zealand, a prodigious Maori boarding school. Yeah. So your kids would have a very different experience, obviously. Oh, from what I had. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And how how, how did I mean, I know we touched on this in the Mixed Relationships podcast anyway, but yeah. is there anything you'd like to expand on? Uh, I don't really know where you're going with it. But um, I guess all, all I could say is I think when people make the move over here, um, they're prioritising other things. So, um, you know, we, we came over actually to be closer to my wife's family because all her sisters bar one had um, already moved over yeah. and her both her parents were considering moving as well so that was our primary sort of motivator plus we saw that there were opportunities here and we also did the thing we we came over and visited and we were like holy shit look at these houses yeah you know what i mean yeah and um you know people were talking about the jobs that they they had and the type of money that they were earning and we thought all right let's uh let's give it a go and we we uh, initially only thought we were going to be here for a few years yeah and we're going to go back, but uh, like you, I can't see myself probably going back. I already have grandkids. Retiring? Here. You're not retiring yeah. there? No, no, not reti- retiring back in NZ. Um, you know, we've got uh, two grandkids already and they're here. And um, yeah, I can't see us sort of mm, moving back to NZ. So probably I should have I should have put some context around that. So what I'm trying to do is, so a lot of our listeners are in our boat, right? So they've all migrated here. 
and a lot of people will share the same challenges. I guess my intent is to leave someone with a with a thought, like, like with a, well, okay, if I'm not doing this now, what could I do? Or is it not that important to me? Yeah, well, that's what I, I, that's where I was going in that people prioritise uh, what they're here for and there's only 24 hours in the day. Yeah. And um, it, it's an effort. Yeah, for to sure. To be honest, like if, if you're going to – so with you and the older two kids speaking Samoan in the house all the time, uh, it's an effort that you – you know what I mean? It's probably more of an effort for me than so, – uh, so Samoan is my second language, yeah. certainly – and it's more of an effort for me than it is for for, for Ro- so the truth is, and it's not even that well, much that's of an effort. It's good for you too, though. No, no, no it, well. it, it is. But but what I'm saying is that I, that's probably for me a cop out because it's not that I, I can get by. We're talking about talking to teenagers or kids that are under five. Yeah, yeah. I can do that comfortably in Samoan. It's just that I choose. I, I make a choice rather than make an effort. Yeah, I, I'd say I'll, I'll cop that. It's a. But there's effort involved, and that that will affect your choice. Yeah, probably. Yeah. The, the other part to it is, uh, you know, is, is it only one member of the couple that's committed to this? That's right. Uh, you know, so if you've got a mixed relationship and you've got um, one person who wants to really try and instill their culture, their culture, or their family's culture into the kids, and then the other one is not so keen on it, doesn't really matter. Well, that, and that's that's different again because then you've only got sort of one parent influencing them, the other one. Uh, not being a part of it And I think I'll call myself on that So language is one part of culture yeah, right? That's it that's, uh, And yeah. so I was committed Early on And still probably would be If I was If I, if the pressure was put on To Teaching the kids the language yeah. I'm not as committed To other cultural practices yeah. If you know what I mean E.g. Exactly uh, Church uh, yeah. So you know I, 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 I'm an atheist so, so you worship the devil? No, that, no, because an atheist doesn't believe. So I don't believe the devil okay. exists. You believe like, ancestors were because because if I believe the devil, if I believe the devil exists, I believe God exists, yeah, and yeah. I, I don't believe either of it. You're yeah. descended from monkeys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you yeah. look like. You, you <laughs> but but so so um, I'm going to talk about this from my perspective, and I really like Rex's view. You can pull me up on this, but one of the things I really want my kids to be are critical thinkers, and I feel in cultures that don't promote kids asking questions or questioning adults means I don't I'm not raising critical thinkers I'm raising followers and I find my experience of the Samoan culture culture, is that the kids aren't encouraged to question parents at all and then my my the the concern I have is at what age do they start asking questions do they start thinking for themselves do they start making critical thinking part of their everyday life and that's the thing that doesn't sit so well with me you can still teach them the facade more way, but at the same time, think for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, Your experience growing up, um, what would have the result been had mum and dad given you a direction and you actually asked for clarification or you questioned it? I think my um, my parents were, were were pretty forward thinkers. Right, yeah. They actually came here for schooling and, and he was encouraging, hey, question everything. Oh wow! You know, do so. I was pretty fortunate. Yeah. In that aspect. Do you think that that's the experience of most New no, Zealand-born def- Samoans? New Zealand-born Samoans, yep, yep. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely think that um, that a lot of New Zealand-born Samoans uh, have a lot of freedom compared to a lot of the uh, uh, the, the lifestyle of Samoans growing up in Samoa. But even here in Australia, the freedom is greater. I think again. To the point where um, Mark Hutton was saying, 
that the Samoans in America, yeah. the freedom is so great that they're like they can tell their parents, they fuck can you, tell their parents, <laughs> motherfucker, where's my fucking forty? Uh, uh, child discipline. What's your view on child child discipline? Mate? Oh man, definitely got to discipline your child. Um, if they act up, give them a whack. So you're a smacker? Uh, definitely a smacker. I'm not talking about a damn uh, armbar or a elbow to the head, but you definitely got to discipline your child. Yeah. So I, I did. We, we we raised this with Adam Blair, who also said he's happy with smacking. Yeah. Um, we and I, we talked about this earlier, but when and I also did say this with Adam Blair that uh, Mark Hunt said that he was he was anti any any form of child discipline. Yeah. And if I wasn't so intimidated by Mark Hunt on the night, I would have. I would have spoken. No, he was a really crazy. good guy. He was a really cool guy. But I think he was relating it to his experience of yeah. physical discipline, which was yeah, extreme. No, it wasn't. His anyone, was super he extreme. He didn't say no discipline. He no, said he no. said no physical discipline. And but he was relating physical discipline to the his type experience. of physical. Yeah, and his, maybe all the physical discipline he knows is what he had, which was extreme. Extreme from that's his right. book. That, that, yeah, that's right. So I think. I am I'm supportive of smacking when it's controlled and when it's for discipline reasons, not when it's out of anger and you know and, and, and extreme. And there is a line between smacking your child and beating your child, and I just want to be really clear with that. So I'm 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 on board with that. Nick though had a had, we had a bit of a chat earlier today, and you you have a different view. You reckon you've changed your view over the last. So I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because I did smack my kids. Yeah. Right, but. I think uh, over the last few years, uh, I'm probably changing my view on it. What are the reasons around that? I don't know. I just um, it, the more I have time to sort of sit back and reflect on, you know, the way uh, I did it as a as a father, and uh, you know, probably the way my parents did it, my father in particular. Uh, I just think, and seeing other examples of people that don't do it. Uh, where it seems to work out pretty good. I think there, there's probably a fine line there. And again, it's probably uh, horses for courses kind of thing, yeah. you know, like depending on, on the kid themselves, mm. um, how uh, their level of sort of communication, how, how you're able to communicate with them uh, uh, if you can effectively, the age um, and, and what you've done with them since they were a baby. I was going to say, so you did talk today a bit about uh, a shock value type approach, which is where, so what you said was around, if you ha- you know, if they get to the age of seven or eight, you might only yeah, ever yeah. have to do it once or twice. Yeah, that's right, yeah. As opposed to build up a tolerance for it over time. Yeah, because I, I know kids who, who were thrashed, uh, you know, as, as young kids, and they, they basically ended up, the same thing as what Mark was saying, is that, you know, it, it failed in the long term to make them change their behaviour because they just got used to it, yeah. and, you know. So I think... Um, they were just copper hiding. Yeah, yeah, just no, go so, away so, and do, It's like training a dog. Like they'd only do the right thing when the master was there. So so I, I, I agree to that to a point, right? Um, so I don't think beating kids gets you anywhere. Hitting kids, if that's your only tool in your discipline toolkit, for want of a better term, it's not going to get you there. But... If I take this to um, broader society, so society has a, for want of a better term, a timeout approach, which is prison. And prison is full, well, 80% of prisoners are recidivists, so that's not their first time. 
So that tells me from a societal point of view, time out. Doesn't work. Yeah, there's got to be another approach. Now, I don't for one minute say that that smacking a kid <laughs> fixes, that no, that if you smack a kid, you've got to keep them out of prison. That's not what I'm saying, right? But I think for me, it is a balanced approach. And um, I probably didn't have a really good balanced approach for my first two kids. I was, I was much stricter on my older two kids than I am on my younger three kids. Some of that's around trial and error. Some of that's around being broken, broken down as a parent. Worn out. <laughs> Worn out, right? <laughs> but some of that's about learning from that experience. And it's like, yeah. actually, it didn't get me where I wanted it to get. You know what I mean? So I think I still smack kids. I still smack my younger kids, but nowhere. It's not, it's not my go-to. It's not my go-to. Almost my last resort. Well, as long as you let them know why you're smacking them. Oh, you see them break a plate and you're like, what the? And they go and do a one-two piece. You got to let them know, like, <laughs> one, two, hey. and then a choke out. <laughs> and then a go to sleep. <laughs> go to sleep. And then a rear naked choke. <laughs> you got you to gotta let them, there has to be a context with the whole thing. Like, you got to let them know why they're getting a smack. And I'm not talking about a flying forearm, Tito yeah, Santana yeah. style. Yeah. I'm talking about, you know, a smack on the bum or yeah, smack on the hand. Around, yeah, around the back of the legs or whatever. That's not, it. Yeah, not, not, a, not a strike to the face. Not... Yeah. Going to the weapon room and selecting which weapon to use, <laughs> oh, picking the bomby knocker. You gotta put it all into context and make it an experience where they learn from it. Now, the best one, uh, like the the one we always feared, was the because uh, uh, we used to have these these cars. Fuck, what are they? Hot Wheels cars. Oh yeah. And they had the uh, the tracks they used to connect. Fuck. Or even the uh, the salu. Yeah. So you got to pick the sticks <laughs> yeah. out of your legs after getting the hiding. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, have child seen, abuse. Have you seen those brooms? That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so okay. What's your views on cultural identity? I think it's very important. Uh, it makes you an individual. It makes you unique in, in society. But do, doesn't cultural identity make you part of a group rather than indiv- individual? Make well, you what unique? does not having cultural identity make you a part of nothing? You just blend into everything else. I think it makes you unique and uh, gives you an identity on who you are. So I wish Ray was here because he had it. So Mark Hunt had one view. Yeah. It'll be different to your view. Yeah. And Ray probably aligns with your view is what I would probably say. Mm. How do you identify? Uh, Samoan, Manudewa, South Auckland. Now living in Browns Plains, uh, Brisbane, Australia. So would that be in an order of importance to you? So you, it'd be yeah. more important that you're identified as a Samoan than uh, I someone think, from Auckland? Uh, I think they, they're both equal because Samoan is very is very important, but uh, born and raised in South Auckland, New Zealand, yeah. I think I put them on an equal pedestal. Okay. So so Mark had said, you know, he, he identifies as a Kiwi, yeah. but respects that his, he has Samoan heritage mm. and then also loves the fact that he lives in Australia. Uh, he, yeah. he went the other, way, the other way around. I'm sure Ray, if he was here... Would be uh, would be both feet in your camp. So Ray, mm. we've had this discussion with, and he he identifies through his parents as well. Mm. Um, so my question around that: At what stage do you own where you're from, as opposed to live through where your parents are from? Uh, from, from, from from a cult? No, no I'm uh, just yeah. saying from a from a personal identification point of view. Why does where you're from have such a big bearing on it? Would you like me to answer that first, or do you want to answer? Uh, your yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it's probably more around the discussion earlier we had around my kids. So I, I love where I'm from. I'm I'm proud of it. I put nothing ahead of where I'm from. I would like my kids to have that same pride in where they're from. 
but they won't be able when, to have when that. When you say you put nothing ahead of it, what do you mean? You don't put your family or your relationship with your wife or your... Oh, no, no, no. But but if, if I'm... So my, my mum's born in Scotland. I'll, I'll use this as an example. And I'm proud of that. I don't deny that. I'll never... Uh, but if someone ever asks where I'm from, I'm not going to say I'm Scottish. Um, yeah. I, I own where I'm from. Nothing will come before that. Even I'm an Australian citizen on paper. That doesn't mean I'm not from New Zealand. I don't... I why don't you, but why don't you say you're Scottish? Yeah. Um, it's probably hard for me to answer that without... So why do you think I'm Scottish? It's, it becomes a double... Know, I don't even know you were Scottish. It, it, but I'm not. I'm a Kiwi. That's right. Because I'm, because I'm born and raised in Dunedin. You've got and I'm Scottish not, heritage. I have Scottish heritage. Yeah. So that's two different... Uh, Strong Scottish Your mum's full Scottish, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum came to New Zealand when she was six. Yeah. Right? So uh, you're half Scottish. I'm full Kiwi. So that's that, that two different uh, points of that's, view. That, that, but that, you can, that's a point of view is what I'm saying. That's, so I, that's semantics yeah. right there. You're so, half Scottish. So, so what I'm saying is that your view is that I'm half Scottish is based on, is based on blood lines. So, so do you, no, no. So do you think based anything of your – Based on your interpretation of, your, of yourself, no, no. Do you, not no, no. my interpretation do you, of me. Do you think that any of your mum's Scottish uh, heritage made you the man you are yes, today? Yes, without a doubt, without a doubt. But that's not the question you asked me. No, you're just talking words, man. It's like, so I think um, identity is made up of a whole lot of different elements, and and you you get to choose what that is. So, yeah, it's easier for some people. So it's easier for Mark than it is for my kids. And I'll yep. give you an example. Both Mark's parents are born and raised in the same place. Mm-hmm. So then you tie your identity back to where they're from. Right, it's that's, that's that, a small that, part of it. No, 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 no. But uh, just let me finish, and then and then you can rebut. No, no <laughs> doubt about that. But if that same argument was, then my my kids would identify as being Kiwi because both me and Ro- even though Rosie's parents are born in Samoa and my mum is born in Scotland, both of their parents are born in New Zealand, right? But it's much more complicated than that when you start talking about this stuff now, right? Mm. So it's not you can't use the same. Why would you not want to say you have Scottish? You could say, hey, yeah, yeah. So I think that's a fair call. What, what have you got against Scots? I don't have anything against them. And so I, I, I even said earlier that I'm proud that my mum is from there, but it doesn't make me from there. Yes, it does? No, it does not. It does not. I couldn't tell you. I, if you drop me in the middle of Edinburgh, I, I'm I I become I'm I am a, a tourist. I look the same colour as the people you speak there. The same language, I speak the same language. I do all of you that, but I'm a tourist. You look the right? same. You probably and, dance like them. And so, oh, maybe they might have more rhythm than me. But, uh, <laughs> hey, but oh, I don't know. About no, no, that. no. But and, and 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 I know that we've had this conversation before. That that regardless, I've seen you wear a dress before. The, yeah, regardless yeah. of how, so so, your view or my wife's view of herself or a lot of New Zealand-born's view of themselves will be different than the people who live in Samoa's view of them. When they go there, as well, and that doesn't make that any more or less legitimate. I'm not. I'm not talking. I'm just mm. saying when you go there, you become a tourist, right? When I go to Scotland, even though I'll have family there at some, you know, that that, that I'm not really that close to, but I'm a tourist. That doesn't mean my mum's not from Scotland, and then I'm not proud from that. But my question was around: at what point do you start owning? Your own identity, and what I'm saying is that, that any... that's based on my own view, yeah. and no, much like just... your view of your identity is your. And, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. My, que- well, my question is why are we so t- hung up on this stuff? Because that's how, unfortunately, that's how, how this world, how how the world works. Well, why does that matter then? It doesn't. It shouldn't matter. I think then. it's all subjective, though. 
where, where like, does it stop? Where does yeah. it? It's all up where, to the individual. Where yeah, you were pushed out of your mum's uh, poo tank. Pussy. <laughs> Do, why yeah, does it have any? You know why does it's it really? Great. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But that's the great thing. You have all the. You have this great lineage where you can trace your 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 history and your family back to. You. It doesn't really matter. It's it's subjective to the person. Like you say, you're not Scottish, but you have half. You're half Scottish. Your lineage is. So I say I'm not Scottish, but my mum is Scottish. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. It's all subjective to that individual. You know what I mean? And your kids have a beautiful lineage as well. They they're from all but, over the place. But but so I guess it comes back to uh, to to that. So it's a easier. It is a much easier question to answer when both your parents are. The, so you can. You, you'll argue, you're, so even when you introduce yourself, your mum is from here, your dad is from here, you you know, and then that gives you the connection. Do you think Sonny Bill has the same view? Uh, I think I think he does have the same view, and I think my kids will do the same thing. They'll be like, my name is da-da-da, I'm no, well, but, Samoan, but, but what and I'm saying my mum is... But when you become, so then you, you've said you've, you're, you're Samoan, I, I, I'm a Samoan, born in my... So will your kids say, I'm a Samoan, or... I'm a I think they I think that they will say both. Yeah, I'm a Kiwi. My dad is from Samoa. My mum is Kiwi. And even she is uh my missus is half Modi as well. She's half Modi, half white. Oh, so she's so she's uh, half great. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's white. <laughs> uh, right, let's let's uh let's end this session with the bros biz dirty dozen. Now your second cab off the rank. So the bar's not set very high. Yes. Well, actually, that's unfair to Adam Blair. Adam Blair did a great, great crack at the f- at first crack, but there's only there's only one ahead of you. So so you know, worst case scenario, you're going to be second. Who's your celebrity crush? Uh, celebrity crush, maybe uh, Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys. Right. Alicia oh, Keys. Good call. Um, if you could go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what advice would you give that guy? <laughs> Uh, save all your money. Save your money. Do not party it all away. Thirty thousand in royalties is not going to go far. Hey, you'll be picking boxes for a living in the future, mate. Don't do it. Uh, favorite curse word? Uh, slut. That's a curse word, right? Yeah, of course it is. Okay. okay. If you could be any animal in the animal kingdom, what would you be and why? Ah, uh, damn! Probably the uh, the um, the Mediterranean Advak, just because of, uh, the age and the lifespan of it is uh, is quite um, astronomical. <laughs> and uh, it's yeah, and astronomical in okay, one sentence. Nice. Hey. Well, best gift you've ever given. Best gift I've ever given. Um, uh, no jobs at work. <laughs> I probably oh, the best gift I've ever given was my my partner. I gave her uh, uh, three beautiful children. Nice, nice save. How you doing? <laughs> if you were stranded on a desert island with three people, who would they be and why? So there's a couple of parts to this uh, question. Definitely not um, Kent. Um, <laughs> good, good choice. Um, probably Bob Marley. He will provide the entertainment. Um, you need someone to stimulate your your mind, so probably who? 
actually, probably Kent would be debating all damn day. <laughs> we will be debating. So Kent, Bob Marley, and someone to uh, pass the time would probably be... Who's Alicia sick? Keys again. Not Alicia <laughs> Keys. Alicia Keys is like the perfect package, but you want someone... Other than Ari. Uh, yeah, probably uh, Ari. Sorry, bro. I threw out of the bus. See, that's why Kent's number two. <laughs> um, if, if you could take... So let's say Bob wasn't one of your, your picks. If you could take three albums onto the desert island with you, wow. what would they be? Ah, White, White Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely uh, an instrumental album. Probably be P Money, Big Things instrumental album. Just because, you know, when you get bored, you can make up your own music over just beats. Another uh, hip hop album would be Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style. And um, actually scratch that, Dr. Dre, The Chronic, and um, uh, Catch a Fire. Uh, it's a summer day. You're cruising around in your car. What sounds are you playing if you uh, one, uh, with your partner, and two, if you're by yourself? Uh, with my partner, probably be... Uh, the song we've been jamming lately is BJ, Chicago Kid, Turning Me Up, and By Myself. You know what I've been listening to lately? Uh, body count. Uh, oh, iced tea. Body counts in the house. Can uh, I can I ask you another another question to that? So I know this is not part of the dirty dozen, but what song is on your playlist that you wouldn't share with other people that you wouldn't play if anyone else was around? <laughs> you know, you know the song that we've been jamming lately is uh, Drew Hill. Tell me, oh, yeah. tell me what you want. Hey, leave it to Drew Hill, bro. <laughs> you can tell me, Kent. Uh, next, uh, actually, there's probably one related to that. What's something about you that most people won't know? Uh, I'm an avid, super duper avid poker player. No. And uh, if you want to see me, come see me. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking say, plenty I, of Kent's money. I'm actually going to say that no one would know. It's true that no <laughs> one would know that because I've played I don't many play a poker the, game with him. I don't many. play at the small games you play at. I play online <laughs> with he, the rest of the internet geniuses. He's, he's paid for my son's shoes. He's paid for my daughter's <laughs> birthday. Hey, he's if paid, you're listening to this and he, you're a poker player, man, message me. Let's, 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 get, our, let's get some cash games He going. paid for my last holiday to New Zealand. <laughs> What's the uh, most useful or the best thing that you've purchased in the last 12 months under $100? Not, uh, not your dildo, bro. Fuck you're a sicko. Um, probably these uh these inner souls. These these what? These inner. <laughs> these, <laughs> these hey, can can who? <laughs> uh, now I would support some inner souls. You know, if you're on your feet, if you're an active person like myself, you're on your feet all day. Uh, mm, what, what brand? What brand yourself? for the uh, oh, the trolley pushes? Sorry, guys, I don't, the, the I don't even know. Man, I do not even know. But it's it was like forty three bucks from um, Chemist Warehouse. It's, it's to the point where I, I use them not not only on my my work boots, but I use them on in my uh, high heels. <laughs> you got them on your <laughs> high heels. Hey, look, look, you got them in your high heels. We're gonna find out the exact brand. Me and Kent, we're fighting after this, right? <laughs> you know, this is, uh, I'll, I'll Snapchat that live. <laughs> if you want to see? <laughs> um, so uh, you want to see Rex get slapped? Hey, Check out the Snapchat, guys. You want to see? You want to know what kind of discipline you got to discipline your kids with? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna find out exactly what brand those inner souls are. Ooh, we're gonna put uh, those in the put those in the show notes. Maybe we can do a giveaway. We can do Bro's a giveaway. Giveaway. Yeah. Can... 
If we had a budget, <laughs> if we had a fucking budget, we could. Okay, so we've got three more. We've got three more. Uh, what would your porn star name be? Oh, man, um, I did one of those. You um, did one? I've done a few, but um, <laughs> no, nah, but I did one of those. How you get your porn names? Have yeah. you seen those? Yeah. Where it's like. Your uh, street and the your color street, of your, your undies or something like that. The street and the girth of your penis. So mine is like <laughs> Infinity Russell. <laughs> Mine's in mine. Mine is um. Mine is fresh water one. Mine's uh. Fresh water one. Mine's uh. My my street name was um was fresh water and 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 my and my my girth was Milky Way. So my name is fresh water Milky Way. That's classic. I love it. Uh, it sounds wrong to ask. That sounds so right. No, 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 because I'm heading into the last question, and it's a serious one, and uh, it's, it's hard. It's a hard follow up to that. But what's the best advice your mum ever gave you? Probably uh, stay true to yourself and stay away from um, guys that are trying to, you know, get something out of your pocket. So after this podcast, I'm going to unfriend Kent from my Facebook uh, friends, and. Uh, no, it was just, she was like, just stay true to yourself and be yourself. And that's all we can be. Yes, sir. All right. Absolutely. Thank you very much for your time, bro. Really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, in my view, you're New Zealand's best MC. You are New Zealand's least funniest MC, though. I think in this last <laughs> session's actually proven that. But um, thank you very much for your time, bro. Bros Biz would like to thank those that are listening. Uh, really keen on some feedback. Hit us up on our Facebook page or Twitter, which is at brosbiz, B-R-O-S-B-I-Z-Z, uh, or send us an email privately if you want to keep that info private at brosbusiness at outlook.com. And Thank- if you're still here after two hours, you are a fucking trooper. Damn, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even tell you my barbecue recipe. We'll say that for the next podcast. <laughs> we'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you fry pokey on the barbecue? <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Hey, check me out uh, on my SoundCloud, My Wreck or the Horse. And uh, follow my page on Facebook, My Wreck And I'm on Twitter at Rick Steel. Yes, sir. <laughs>